It's really about highlighting experienced outdoor women and tailored for women, like all the photos are of women and it's all written by women with like a how-to style. So instead of like a lot of stories and stuff, it's really written to teach the reader, whether you're a beginner or whether you have more experience, it's kind of something supposed to be for everybody. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, Angie Scott and Barb Perry. Welcome, everyone, to episode 25 of the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast. I'm Angie Scott. My co-host, Barb Carey, just finished off an incredibly informative salmon school in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and I just returned from an amazing week fishing walleye up in North Dakota. I went up for my first Aglow conference in Bismarck. Aglow is the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders, and let me tell you, It was an amazing experience. I didn't know a whole lot about what to expect going into the week. Barb assured me I was going to have a good time, and I was fortunate enough to win a scholarship to attend through the Toyota Let's Go Places scholarship program. I signed up for fishing outings and uh, just experienced all sorts of things, and I hope to talk more about some of that on a future episode. This week, we are featuring Jennifer Pudens, who started Adventurous Magazine. If you've never come across this magazine, as of now, which is a completely digital online publication that you can access for free, you need to go check it out. Jennifer does an absolutely amazing job laying this magazine out and featuring outstanding women in the outdoors world who would otherwise not have a chance to be featured in the spotlight of an outdoors publication. It's a labor of love for Jennifer, and I know that you are going to find her story and her passion for this magazine super inspirational. Let's get to it. Jennifer Pudence, welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for taking the time to be on. I'm really excited because I was reading through your bio in preparation for this interview, and I saw a few things that I found really interesting. So first off, could you give the listeners a little glimpse into what your childhood was like growing up in Iowa with a dad who was big into bow hunting? Yeah, so I grew up around hunting and fishing, and that's has been just how I, I mean, that's normal life to me. So, and uh, with my dad being such an avid bow hunter, I think he always tells a story when my mom and dad moved here um, that I think he only knew like one other bow hunter in the county, you know, (laughs) and now it's like such a popular thing. So I really grew up with a bow in my hand. I've been shooting a bow since I was three or four years old. And um, so yeah, I just really live an outdoor and country lifestyle, and my passion is bow hunting as well. It, it mentioned in your bio, too, that your family at one point had to fight to keep the land. I'm, I'm assuming the land that you grew up on. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so um, it was um, eminent domain. In the past, that, that came up as like a really big thing where they were trying to take people's land 
And and for our area, they were trying to take it to just flood it all and make um, a lake that they would then sell the property around it to be like rich housing development. Mm -hmm. And it was it was ridiculous. So anyways, we fought for our land and it was long story short, like we were told we had no chance and we fought it through the House and the Senate and even got the then the um, governor ended up vetoing it and then the House and the Senate overturned it, which was like the first time that happened in I can't remember like thirty some years or wow. something. And we were just like I and I come from an area that's we don't have a lot of money and and um, so it was really crazy that we accomplished all of that and saved our land. That's amazing. Um, I, had a, <laughs> I had a little bit of a similar situation. Um, growing up in Minnesota, we lived out in the country. My grandpa had bought, had some land, and he gave uh, several of my uncles like five acres to build on. So we all kind of lived in the same area. And there was a power company that was wanting to put in this big power plant. And uh, Mm -hmm. everybody was like really fighting it. Um, It was going to affect like the wildlife and, you know, all sorts of of things. And I was actually in college at the time. I just started going to the University of Minnesota in the Twin Cities. And I just remember thinking like feeling kind of threatened, you know, like I have this nice home to go back to, you know, and enjoy being out in the green grass and, you know, all the land and stuff. And then when I go to college, I'm like in this concrete jungle. And Mm -hmm. I ended up, (laughs) I ended up writing a letter to our local paper, uh, just kind of about that experience and like why this is so important to me. And, and I saw that you, uh, you kind of became a writer uh, for the situation. Is that is that how you got yeah. into writing initially, or did you already have a, a kind of a knack for well, it? Well, so my situation, yeah, was a lot like you just explained. I was actually in college, too, and um, I was in journalism school at the time. Okay. But um, if you knew me as a kid, I was really um, – I was an extremely shy person. I still am, but I've gotten a lot better with age, of course. But I was a very shy, timid person. And this experience, as horrible it was, really um, shaped me a lot, though, I feel like. Because it kind of, when something like that, that means so much to you is threatened, you know, you're forced to, you're forced to come out of your shell and try to fight for it. So I actually was a ghostwriter. And we had all sorts of meetings, and I helped some people write in letters for, um, you know, sending them to our representatives and stuff like that. And I actually picketed and lobbied. And, I mean, for me to think back of, like, this (laughs) shy girl that could barely (laughs) speak, you know, in front of anybody, to where I was actually speaking to um, senators, personally about what was happening and an amazing thing too is I'll never forget it one of the senators that I had talked to she ended up later on standing up um when they had their I don't know what would you call it like with their whole meeting of the senators Mm -hmm. when they're debating and stuff she actually stood up and like more or less like (laughs) was like this mom to everybody and like you know said you know, wake up, we are messing with these people's lives, 
you know, get your act together. And, and, you know, they passed it for us. So it was like, it was a really amazing thing. And yeah, like I said, kind of helped develop me too with more writing and more like speaking out and, and, and then you just have so much pride that you could actually protect your land, you know, and just all of it coming full circle. So that's cool. <laughs> so after college, you went on and uh, you were editor for a couple uh, sportsmen or outdoor magazines. And uh, I found this really interesting. It mentioned in your bio too, that you would write under your own name, but also had a couple pen names that were sort of unisex so that you could use those yeah. when writing about certain, <laughs> certain articles. What was that like, like disguising that, you know, th- these articles are being written by a female yeah I mean it's just some things you know they aren't gonna I don't think some guys would read an article and take from it the same as if they thought it was from a woman you mm-hmm. know in a men's magazine versus if they just don't know any difference so right. <laughs> and then also just part of it was that I needed pen names too because I, you don't want your name throughout you know the magazine right. too much so, but yeah, so I would just use like a unisex name so people didn't really know. And then I would pick and choose that to um, whatever my topic was about for as I thought it was as needed or not. But, but yeah, in college, I, I just kind of accidentally fell in love with layout design and I've always loved magazines. So I studied like journalism and art with anything I could think of for magazines, like specifically magazines I studied, but writing and layout and photography and marketing, like everything. So I could, you know, try to do it all. So my senior year in college, I actually started my own women's hunting magazine. And so this was called the American Huntress back then. And it's kind of grown and changed with me to what you know today is adventurous. And and of course, I had um, featured my idol, Tiffany Wachowski, (laughs) on the cover for back (laughs) in the day. But yeah, like things weren't all digital and and magazines are extremely tough and expensive. So I had no way to publish it and um, make it real. So that was something that I sat on for um, over seven years, actually, until I actually made Adventurous happen. So. Wow. And so Adventurous, um, basically it started in 2014, and then your first issue came out in the spring of 2015. Um, uh-huh. What's what's the magazine all about for people who aren't aware, haven't seen it yet? So it's really about highlighting experienced outdoor women and tailored for women, like all the photos are of women and it's all written by women with like a how-to style. So instead of like a lot of stories and stuff, it's really written to teach the reader, whether you're a beginner or whether you have more experience, it's kind of something supposed to be for everybody. And while it um, stems from hunting and fishing, it can include really anything outdoors. Um, So, and I actually have a lot of guys that say they read it cover to cover. So, I mean, it really is kind of for anybody and, and even I've had people who don't hunt that say that they enjoy it because it has other stuff, you know, but also it's hunting and fishing, of course. So, um, so yeah, kind of, I think can have something for everybody. Yeah. And so right now it's, uh, it's core, or it comes out four times a year, right? Yeah, quarterly. Okay. And then, um, and then right now too, it's just in a digital format. Do you have any plans of expanding it at some point or, uh, what do you think the future looks like for the magazine? 
Yeah, I mean, I get I get that question offer that um, often that people would love to see it in print, but um, right now that's just not uh, a possibility. I completely run this by myself, which is is really crazy. If if you know magazines at all, they're ran by whole teams of people, right? Yeah. Um, and so for me to do everything on my my own, as well as um, I've had quite the journey from when when I actually started adventurous, I was working a job in the city. Um, I was stuck at a job that I hated and I was driving two hours a day for the commute. And I did that and adventurous for two years and I just totally exhausted myself. Um, I was working on adventurous till like 2 AM in the morning, you know, and then getting up and going to work and, and stuff like that. So I, uh, most of it is limited off of my time, what I can do. Um, and then since then, you know, I had cut down hours and then about a year ago I quit my job so that I could do more with adventurous and work from home and, and not be so exhausted, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so, but I still have to do other part-time jobs from home that help pay the bills. So, you know, right now I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm always at my max and I, and can't take on too much more. So, um, but what I would love to have someday is where I could solely focus on adventurous and I'd love to have a couple workers and, and be able to just really do more with it that way. And then if, if it was ever that where, you know, financially and time wise, I would love to see it in print someday too. Yeah, definitely. Well, it looks amazing. I love, I love the layout of it. I mean, it's just, it's really impressive that you're doing all this yourself. Like, Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, what, what type of, uh, articles or stories are your favorite to cover, to write about? Um, I, I don't think of myself so much as a writer. I love being an editor and I think of ideas for articles a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I write myself, it's just stuff that I, you know, really know about or are inter- and interested in learning. And I think, oh, well, somebody else would be interested in learning this too. So, so yeah, I write a lot of, uh, like I said, things I have experience from with, um, with bow hunting or, or deer or turkey and stuff like that, but also just other things like I like to share. Um, well, one of my favorites was a do it yourself um, or yeah, do it yourself articles. I really like, but one of them was like building your own campfire, like how to, mm-hmm. to really do that, like in a, in a quick, easy way that is really, you know, does a yeah. good job type of thing. I like sharing like different stuff like that myself. And, and I also look for that and um, like what other people write or, or article ideas for the magazine is just stuff. Like I said, that I think other people would be interested in well and, and might not necessarily always be like a typical thing you would run across too. Mm-hmm. So you, you're obviously big into hunting. Um, you like 
fishing, ice fishing specifically, uh, I read. And um, you've probably, since you've been doing it since you were a little girl, probably have some a couple cool stories to share from experiences. Do you have any, uh, like a favorite story you want to share uh, regarding hunting or fishing? So from my childhood, I have some funny ones where, you know, like back when you don't know what you're doing or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so my dad would go to the stand um, and sometimes I would get to go with him. And one day I think I was in the city, um, had to shopping with my mom or something. We had to get something. And so we came home too late and my dad had already went to the stand and I was so upset. So my mom actually drove the vehicle like all the way out in the field <laughs> and like dropped me off in my regular clothes. And I climbed up to the other stand. There was two stands and I was just happy as a clam. Yeah. And then now thinking back on that, like, oh my gosh, I totally destroyed everything of my dad's hunt. You know, like <laughs> I wasn't scentless. We drove out there <laughs> and it was just like total disaster for him. But I always remember that he didn't say a word about it. And oh. I just was sitting there so happy. So yeah, I just have some kind of funny things like that. Another one, since you mentioned ice fishing, when I was younger, I would actually take all the like bluegills we would keep, you know, um, <laughs> panfish we would keep. I would actually make like a snow fort and put the water in them. And I'd try to like revive them <sighs> and save them and everything. But of course, then we fillet them and go home and eat you know right. so but that's what a lot of like my childhood came from was just like kind of playing around those things even though I, like I even if I didn't necessarily hunt or fish or last you know very long fishing myself I would still always be playing and doing stuff around that now and I think that shaped me a lot you know and and then also just that's really neat to think about like when you teach other people like you know, things aren't going to always go right. And and teaching somebody else might ruin your hunt, but it's the fact that you are spending the time with them. I think that's really cool to think about. Going back to the, to the magazine and what you're doing now, what's like one of the greatest joys you've experienced from starting this? A big part of like why I do the magazine is I really love being able to bring the opportunity for like real deal outdoor women that really deserve to be featured or highlighted. And I just don't think there's a lot of opportunities like that. Yeah. And um, I think we're all aware that there's a lot of people that, you know, might kind of be in hunting and fishing for the wrong reason too, and kind of just pose for photos and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they get a lot of attention for that. So for the magazine, for me, like a big part of it is I get to really like, I get to choose and highlight the people that I just think are awesome and I'd love to share with other people and they deserve that attention and, and, you know, like they can be on a cover when they don't, you know, they probably wouldn't get that opportunity anywhere else. So I really love that about Adventurous and just giving that opportunities to some other people that I think deserve it. And um, another really cool thing that I didn't think about at first was um, when I first launched Adventurous, I really didn't want to say a lot about products or anything like that because I don't want to feel like it's ever bought out or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, you'd have advertising, but I didn't want to get into that on social media or anything and seem pushy ever. But 
what surprised me is like a lot of the advertisers I work with are just like me. They're an outdoor woman that's trying to start their own business and because they have like, you know, a need, there's a need out there for products for us. And, and I just kind of fell in love with, you know, these other people I'm working with or they're so supportive to me and they are doing the same thing I'm doing and um, fell in love with their products. They're great products. And, And some of these two, I will say aren't women either, just guys, but um, that are going out on a limb to have, you know, women products or to support women in the hunting industry when they don't have to. Um, But anyways, it just, that kind of relationships with all them really ended up being uh, so meaningful to me. And I just didn't really think about that beforehand. You Mm -hmm. know, I just kind of thought like, oh, and you would have advertising, but you know, that, that really has been a cool thing to get to know like these other people. Yeah. I'm glad that, you know, so glad that some of these companies are starting to focus on things specifically for women or just, you know, Mm -hmm. women are starting their own because the need is out there. It's one of the things we started a a woman angler and adventurer Facebook group. And I, Uh I ask everybody who, who joins it, you know, what's your biggest challenge? Not everybody answers the question, but the one, you know, that I hear a lot is just, you know, there's not gear out there for me, you know, that like fits me mm-hmm. right or whatever. And so I I hope that, you know, that trend continues and that more and more of those companies, um, you know, start focusing on that. So there's more options out there for females. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely come a long, long way yeah. um, in recent years. So that's amazing. And I think it's, it helps people want to get into hunting and fishing even more when, you know, that's something that's easier and not so hard to find what you need. So, uh, yeah, I think that's great. So I'm going to try something new at the end of this podcast as we wrap it up. But before I go into that, where can people find you online? So you can actually just adventurousmagazine.com. It and I have I have a couple websites that I'll lead you to that, but adventurousmagazine.com would probably be the easiest way to okay. find us. And and um, on social media like Instagram and Facebook, it's at bbadventurous. I'll put but, yeah, uh, links so to all those all. in the show notes too. So if people are on the website, they'll be able to easily click and find you on there. Great. Um, All right. So I've not done this before with any of my guests yet, but I've heard it done on some other podcasts. I always like really enjoy hearing people's answers. So I'm going to do like a little bit of a lightning round with some questions uh, that I've prepared for you. So that um, sounds great. (laughs) All right. So uh, the first one was what's your favorite childhood memory? So. I would say um, one of my favorites is my family and I would get into the pickup and we would drive all the way down this way back in this pasture. It felt like forever as a kid and we drive all the way down there and it was really rough and we go down this very steep hill that the pickup just seemed like it was just like I, I, you know, like kind of scary with, and we would go through this Creek and everything. And it was so rough. And I remember I'd always put like my hands on the dashboard, trying to like 
<laughs> inside the vehicle, push uh-huh. the pickup out of this creek. I mean, it was just so such rough terrain. But we'd go all the way back there, and then we'd finally make it to, like, this bottom that would open up. And it was just it, it just open bottom that was so beautiful and surrounded by trees. And we'd go down there, and there was this one um, huge tree that was a buckeye. And we would collect buckeyes in the fall. Oh, cool. And so that's something that's always stuck with me. I love that memory. And I still love Buckeyes today. Like I pick up Buckeyes constantly, like, like, you know, every year I pick them up while I'm hunting or where we're doing trail cameras or exploring or something else. And I have Buckeyes like all over our house because <laughs> I'm always like collecting and drying them. And I have a Buckeye like usually in my pocket while I'm hunting because they say that's good luck. Yeah. And I usually have another one in my backpack for hunting. So so um, I'd say that's one of my favorite memories and something that still is with me today with how I carry and love Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you carried one with you for luck. but <laughs> Yep, definitely. I usually always have one in my hunting pants in my pocket. <laughs> Do you think it's uh, working? <laughs> I think so. I harvested the buck of a lifetime last year so I think (laughs) I think it's good luck I usually have pretty good luck with hunting and fishing so yeah (laughs) maybe I need to get one of those (laughs) yes (laughs) um okay next question what was your favorite toy growing up um I was a total tomboy having an older brother um so I'm not sure what would be my favorite, but I grew up with Ninja Turtles and Nintendo and fake guns. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever my brother's toys were, that's what I want. That like the girly toys. So yeah, that was. Me <laughs> I love those three things. Yeah, <laughs> I played with GI Joes and wrestling figures and Nintendo <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish it up with one last uh, question, and that is, what would your perfect vacation entail? Like, my ideal vacation would probably be, um, like, a cabin in the mountains on a lake surrounded by woods and, like, no people. (laughs) (laughs) where, Where, you know, we're just kind of, like, out in the wilderness by ourselves and, like, hunt and can just fish or you know like explore or hike or something like that that would probably be my perfect vacation but I always like to do um something adventurous like whenever I do get a chance to travel so (laughs) yeah that sounds perfect you could hunt fish hike whatever in that situation so Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show and, uh, you know, just really appreciate what you're doing and the impact that you're making and will be making uh, on women who are, you know, just have a passion for hunting and fishing and featuring them that the ones that wouldn't otherwise get that opportunity. So that's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Andy, and hope I did okay on the questions. And, and uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate, yep. appreciate it. Well, there you have it, the adventurous 
Jennifer Pudens. I hope you enjoyed our chat. Check out the show notes at thewomanangler.com slash 25. There you'll see some photos and links to where you can check out Adventurous Magazine online. Be sure and subscribe to it for free. You're not going to want to miss next week's episode. Another great story brought to you by none other than my amazing co-host, the one and only Barb Carey. Until then, go get your adventure on, everyone.